Good morning. So glad you guys are here this morning. If uh, you haven't, uh, I hadn't got to talk with you, I hope you know you are welcome and wanted and so glad that you are here this morning. So we're going to get into the Word this morning. Uh, if you've been with us, we've been in this series of faith. I want everybody to listen this way and tell me if you've heard this since you've been out here. The word faith means complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Anybody heard that? I pray that that simple definition just sticks in your head because although it is so simple, it is so powerful. When we think about if we're called to have faith, what we're being called to have is complete trust and confidence in God. You know what that does? I want to tell you, it seems scary, but everybody listen to me this morning. What it really does is it takes the pressure off of you. You do not have to be the king or the God of your own life. In fact, if you choose to do it, it's going to go off the rails. Anybody want to say amen to that? Been there, done that? But if we have complete trust and confidence in Him, I promise you, don't, don't we think, that the creator of the world can manage and rule our life better than we can choose to do it ourselves. Amen? So let's, let's th- keep that in mind as we go through this series on faith. So complete trust and confidence. So simple, yet so profound and so challenging. So last week, we looked at the faith, if you were here, that was found in the birth of Moses. Now, while it was said the birth of Moses, what we really found was that the faith that was being talked about was the parents of Moses. Just give you a quick recap because it ties right in. If you remember last week I said the next few verses we're going to talk about Moses several times, okay? So it ties in, but last week the birth of Moses, if you remember we got to a spot where it talked about his parents and they said that they were unafraid of the king's edict. And we went into even what that edict was, right? That Pharaoh looked at all of the Hebrew people and said, man, this group is growing so uh, fastly and so um, just these outrageous numbers. In fact, more than the sand in the sea, right? Uh, More than the stars in the sky. And it says, if we continue to let them grow, what happens if they become unsettled with our slavery agreement here and they decide to overtake us? And so Pharaoh has this evil, evil idea of saying, I know a way that we can fix it. For now, every Hebrew child that is born, if they're a a female, you can allow them to live. But if they're male, I want you to toss them into the Nile River. I mean, think about this. Think about the sadistic nature of this. Not even the fact that Hebrew males could not live, but we're going to take them and throw them into the Nile River. I don't have to tell you how that's going to work out, right? Like that's a horrific thing that would happen. And it says that Moses' parents for three months hid Moses as long as they could. And it came to a point where there was this moment in knowing that they said we cannot sacrifice our child and throw them into the Nile. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can gently place him in the Nile in a basket and trust the providence and protection of God. And not only did he save him in that moment, that initial salvation, but the providence of God that Moses would float down the river and float to not just somebody, but to Pharaoh's daughter, the most powerful man in all the world, his daughter, floats down and then the story gets even crazier. If you remember this Pharaoh's daughter, her servant girl says, should I go and find a Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? 
And they said, yes, that would be a great idea. Who did they go and get? They wound up getting Moses' mom. She was still able to nurse her baby and still be involved in that process. So just this crazy moment of protection over young Moses' life. Three months old. But what was even greater is we talked about the ripple effect from that moment. That small act of faith where they said, to the most powerful man in the world, we are unafraid. We revere God, but we're unafraid of man. That is faith. Complete trust and confidence. But then it goes on to the rest of the story. This ripple effect, not just for that moment, but for generations and generations and even to the moment that we would stand in a parking lot today and say, I want that kind of faith in my life. And so that's where we were last week. And I'll say this before we read today's passage. God is good and has a plan. But get this. Everybody look this way. You need to hear this one. Doesn't stop with Moses. That's for you. That's for me. He's good and He has a plan for your life. A plan uh, to prosper you. A plan to watch out. A plan to use you. By the way, you know this, right? That if you've been called to salvation, you've been called into service. I talked with a young lady this morning and said, I'm called to be a missionary. And I want to tell her, I, I didn't tell her this in person. We talked and we prayed just a second. But I want you to know this. Maybe, maybe around the idea of I can't in my current situation. God has you right where you're at and wants to use you right where you are just as you are. Amen? That's the grace of Jesus. Don't think you've got to clean up to be used by Him, right? He's the one that does the cleaning. He's the one that's going to sanctify. He's the one that is bringing you into a closer relationship. If you're waiting on to perfection to be used, then just give up now. It's not going to happen until we see His face. I'm so grateful He uses imperfect people. Amen? Otherwise, it would be an empty place up here. I wouldn't be here. I've sinned today, I'm sure. I don't know what it was, but I'm sure I have sinned today. I'm thankful for that grace of Jesus. But he's got a plan for you just like he did in the life of Moses. And so this week, I told you, we'll talk a few times about Moses here. And I'm going to read today in Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 24. This is after we've talked about the birth of Moses uh, 24 through 27 this morning, and then we'll look at the Old Testament passages as well. It says this, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for this morning that you've given us just to be in your word. It is my prayer that every person here knows you as Lord and Savior, that that is where faith hits us today, that we could all say we have faith in you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior, that we need you. We cannot do this life on our own, not even to mention the life that is yet to come. We need you for now. We need you for then. We need you always. So I pray that's where it starts. If we've already begun that faith relationship, I pray that today, looking at the story of Moses and how he lived his life, that you would enrich, encourage, and grow our faith and relationship with you. We pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right, so through this study, and this has been my hope because honestly, uh, I let you in my mind, sometimes people ask, well, why do you do this series? Why do you do that series? If you remember way back, and I took a, a break during the summer from this, and we had other folks sharing, but we picked it back up, you know, uh, a month or so ago. I got to this point where I said, in our world right now, everything that is going on, you turn on the news, it is constant, a barrage of bad news after bad news, after a pandemic, after a war, after rumors of war, after, you know, economic collapse. Everything that you see seems to be negative. And it really just hit me of like, now is the time more than ever that we as believers need to have complete trust and confidence in God. Because you put your complete trust and confidence somewhere else, it will fail you. The government will not save you. Your family will not save you. Your church membership will not save you. It's complete trust and confidence in Jesus Christ alone. And so faith is needed. I want to point out two words that if you go back and you read Hebrews 11, where we've been, where we are, and where we're going, there's two words that pop up every single verse that just screams to us of how we need to live. If you hear nothing else, hear these two words, by faith. Every verse it gets to and it says, by faith, so-and-so lived in this way. By faith, this person did that. By faith, that person did this. Everything is about faith in this chapter. My prayer is that when we end this, or, or even today, no matter what amount of faith you're showing, that you could say, your name, Jennifer, by faith, live this way. Larry, by faith, or Doc, I call you, I call you Larry, it's, it's weird for me. Doc's his nickname to me. By faith, Right? I mean, man, what if the book is being written on you and at the end of the day it could say, Keith, by faith, lived in this way. I'm telling you, that's better than if it's written, say, Keith did it on his own. Frank Sinatra, that was a cool dude. But doing it your way, that ain't going to work. I'm not going to sing it for you, but if you've never heard it, go Google it. Hit it on the YouTubes. Did it my way. You can if you want to, it's just not going to work out. Miss Mitzi, right? She lives it by faith, by faith in Jesus. And I want to tell you, you can have this vague faith of the man upstairs or this vague faith of some kind of, you know, Middle Eastern nonsense, you know. I, I don't know what you want to paint it. Or you could just have, by faith, I'm going to live in my good works. I'll just try to be good and not be bad. It's going to fail. The complete trust or confidence has to be in Jesus Christ alone. And so I want you to, every time we get to those words, remember, by faith. That is the crux of it all. So when we get to this part where it says Moses by faith, it says that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now I want to stop you right here. So this could be a part that we look at Moses and say, you know what, this is just really... Uh, this is just nationalism. This is just patriotism. He doesn't want to be called an Egyptian. He wants to be a Hebrew. He wants to be an Israelite. It is so much deeper than that. I want to remind you again, he is living at the most powerful man's palace in the world. The ruler of the world. The most powerful man. Moses has it all at his fingertips. Let me ask you this. You think Moses is going to eat better at Pharaoh's palace or out in the woods in Israel. Do you think he was going to have better clothes with Pharaoh than he would out there on his own? 
You think he was going to have an easier job than being out and tending the sheep? He had it all in the moment. I ask you this question. What if I could give it all to you right now? The mansion, the car, the job, the relationship. But say, you can have this, but you can't have Christ. Listen, you want to know where your faith's at? How many of us are posed with that question? Even those that believe and say, you know what? This world is hard. If I could have it all, I might choose all of it and worry about the Jesus thing later. Moses is in this spot where he's been given everything, everything that this life has to offer. Moses was smart enough by faith to know that there is more than this life. It says he refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter. It wasn't about nationalism. It wasn't about patriotism. It says this, that he chose rather to be mistreated. Not only this, I want you to picture what's going on here. Not only did he say, I don't want to cast my light with the most powerful man to ever live at this point. I don't want to just live in his palace. I don't want it cushy. But not only am I going to choose to leave here, I'm going to choose to leave and go to the people who are being mistreated, enslaved, and captured by this person's rule. Why? Because God was leading him there. It was faith. But if you don't see faith in that story, the fact that he had it all right there at his fingertips and he says, I'm choosing to leave this because of my faith. By faith. If that's not complete trust and confidence, I don't know what is. But it continues on and it says, and by faith. There's those two words again. He left Egypt. And it said this, not being afraid of the king. By the way, if you want to think, parents, if you've got kids, I don't care if you, it's a strained relationship. I don't care how many bridges you burn. Parents, dads, moms, listen to me. Your kids need you. Don't care how old they are. Don't care how old you are. You fight like hell to get that relationship back if you've got to. Because you don't tell me that stuff doesn't matter that we pass on to our kids. Let me take you back last week. It said Moses' parents were what? Unafraid. Where do you think Moses learned this from? It says, I'm not being afraid of the king, the most powerful man in all the world. If they just find out that Moses splits and runs on his own, do you not think they're not going to send people after him? You don't think that's embarrassing to Pharaoh? That he would rather go and be enslaved and leave to a people being mistreated than to stay here with me? It says that he was unafraid. Where did he learn that from? It was modeled for him. This by faith lifestyle. Listen to this. It says, For he endured as seeing him who was invisible. So he was not afraid of the one he could see, but he revered the one he couldn't see. Amen? You see, there's a lot of things in this life that we see that our faith is that. It's faith. It's not yet been made sight. One day we will see Him. One day we will be face to face. But what do you do with the unseen now? Is it not hard to believe sometimes? Especially when everything in life is hitting you, man. It feels like you are just in the corner and just being pounded by haymakers one after the other. Life is tough. And so to live by faith, this complete trust and confidence in a God we cannot see, touch, or talk to one-on-one, face-to-face like we do each other, it's tough. It requires faith, complete trust and confidence. Moses did that. He revered the unseen more than he was fearful 
of the ones he could see. I pray that we take note there that the seen versus unseen until our faith is made sight, that we follow Moses' example here. So I want to get you to the Old Testament passage. If you're new with us, that's what we've been doing. We hit Hebrews, we read the New Testament, and then we go back and look at the story it's referring to in the Old Testament. On your own sometime, go back to Exodus 2 and read some of this. You can read it, verses 11 through 22. It's the account of Moses fleeing Egypt. But I want to take you to two verses after that. Exodus 2, 23 and 25. Listen to what it says. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and these people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Anybody ever feel like you're groaning to God? You're crying out for help? Anybody? Nobody? One, two? All right, now we got you. I've been there. Just a groaning and a crying. In fact, there's a New Testament passage that says that he can even understand our utterances that another person couldn't understand. The Holy Spirit will interpret that for you. You know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father as a mediator on your behalf? Pretty good mediator, amen? On your behalf, if you know it. If not, you could know Him today and that mediation starts at that moment. No special dance, no church membership class, no tithe necessary. You're in. We make it so dang complicated. I'm telling you, it's by faith. Two words could change your life today forever. By faith. Now, if you enter into a faith relationship with Jesus, does that fix all your earthly problems? No, it does not, because this world is a broken place. If we were back in the garden and you came to that relationship, then yeah. It's not our world right now, but He's making it back new. One day it will be, and He's keeping score, and He's got you. I'll remind you again, you got faith in something. You got faith in something. For those that are so intellectual, say, not me, I trust my knowledge. Well, whatever knowledge that is, if it's the Big Bang, were you there when it happened? If you say, man, it's evolution, were you there when this little uh, amoeba crawled up on the beach? Were you there? No, you read about it. You got faith. We say, well, my grandmother said, well, were you there when that happened? No, you got faith. You understand what I'm saying? You've put your faith in something. Why not the creator of the universe? That's my call. So it says that, that he hears their groaning. I got great news for you. It doesn't stop with the nation of Israel. If you're groaning, if you're crying out, he hears and sees you too. Yeah, amen. Thank you. So Israel groaned because of their slavery, cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Listen to this beautiful verse. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. Y'all, can I stop you right there? I want to give you the confidence to face hell with a water pistol if you need to. I want you to listen. I want you to grab this comp. I want you to live in this way that God sees you and knows you. He knows you. And He is absolutely in love with you. And you say, not me. I did this last night. It doesn't matter. 
If there's one thing, if there's one thing in six years I've tried to just beat you over the head with in the nicest way possible is that God loves you no matter what you've done, what you're doing, or what you will do. That's the grace of Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you want to continue to ride that train, say, but not me, my sin. Your sin is not that special. You're not, it's not a humbleness, it's an arrogance. To think that God can't redeem you. You're not that special. He can. He died for it all. He died in your place. A place that you wouldn't go if you had the choice. You would say, no, I'm going to take the easy way out. He walked up that hill for you and for me. And all we have to do is by faith believe in that. It's beautiful. A couple of beautiful things I saw in this. I mentioned this when God saw and know. And He sees and knows you. That is such a beautiful thought. And guess what? Really, whether you acknowledge Him or not, He still sees and knows you. But I encourage you with this. Relationship's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. I mean, we've been there before with earthly relationships. How many of you guys out there said, man, if I could just get that girl. I mean, boy, she's pretty. She's... Personality, I mean, man, that's the one for me, but that girl's not interested. Is that not heartbreaking? Right? You, you remember those hurts? Ladies, you remember those hurts? Man, that guy, if I could just. But I also think back to the great theologian Garth Brooks. Sometimes we thank God for unanswered prayers. How many of you prayed, I want to be with that person? And, oh, thank you, Jesus, that didn't work out. Amen? But you've been there. And what does that mean? It means relationships are two-way street. He can see and know you, but until you bow the knee and say, by faith, I'm in, doesn't matter. He can see and know you. He created you for relationship. But if you don't enter that relationship by faith, then one day it's going to land you in a devil's hell, separated away from him. And he sees and knows you, but you didn't see and know him. Your knee will bow one day. The Word says that your knee will bow. I don't care if you're, you know, completely against the idea of Jehovah God and Jesus Christ His Son. Your knee will bow one day. I encourage you to make it today. I encourage you to humble yourself now while you have a chance because at that point, if you don't know Him, you will still bow the knee, but you will be sent to eternity in separation from Him if you do not choose now by faith. That's the only way you can do it. By faith. I take you back to the beginning of Hebrews. Without faith, it is impossible. Meaning, very deeply, not possible to please Him. Got to have faith. It's the only way to please and enter a relationship with God. The beauty is that two-way street is just as you are right now. No change needed except bowing the knee. So for those of you that are the addict that is sitting in the, the crowd and say, man, i got to get this straight before. No, you don't. For the prostitute in the crowd, no, you don't. For those who've murdered somebody, no, you don't. Now, does God appreciate or want those things? Of course not. He has better for you, but He can forgive every one of them and more. Trust me in that. Better than trust me, trust Him. Take Him at His word. Try it today and just see. Your life can be changed in an instant by faith. All you have to do is believe just as you are. 
Number two, I want to point out this beautiful thing. This used to trouble me because it gets to a place, if you remember in this passage, it says, God heard their groaning and God remembered. I want to tell you, that used to bug me because I think, did he forget? Right? In order to remember something, you got to forget. Are you telling me that he made this covenant and God forgot? I'm telling you, that's not the case though. The fancy word, anthropomorphism, it's in the Bible. It is, is one of these things that is a theme. It is this human writer inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but yet this concept of God, this spirit of God is so just foreign to us that the writer sometimes will, will put this wording in of a human characteristic or human emotion because that's all we got. That's all we know, right? I'll give you an idea here. It's like, There's passages where it talks about that the Lord regretted. God's will is perfect. He doesn't regret anything. Uh, One place it says the Lord repented. Have you ever heard that? Well, he's never sinned. How could he repent? That's something we know or something we understand. Another thing, God is spirit. But how can God outstretch his mighty hand? He doesn't have a hand if he's spirit, right? You get what I'm saying? There's these places in Scripture where that happens. So I'm here to tell you this morning that he didn't forget. It's a technical term. And it's one of these moments where the the crying and the groaning was so much, it's not a remembering as if forgetting, but it is an assurance to them, I haven't forgotten, I do remember, and my covenant is still good because I am still good. You get what I'm saying? So can I tell you with the beauty of this passage in mind, if he's promised something to you, it may be a blanket promise. It may be one that's promised to everybody that if you believe in Jesus, you will be saved. He remembers. If he's called you to something, he remembers that. He's equipped you for that. He's with you in that. If he's talked and given you a word in your spirit about something you're going through now and telling you, I will see you through this, he will remember that covenant with you. He is faithful to his word. So by faith, let's be faithful to him. So where does all this go? Anybody remember the moment of the burning bush? Anybody remember that story? Is that not kind of a trippy story? It takes us to that moment though. And it even goes back to last week. If you think about Moses being placed in the basket, I want you to see the ripple effect that we've talked about. So the ripple effect is this, that his parents were unafraid and had this faith moment where they place him in the basket and then, you know, this faith moment of of Moses leaving Egypt and then this moment that leads him to a place in this calling where God has something for him. And I'm not going to read all of this, but I want you to go back and look at it at a later time. Exodus 3 and, and really the first 17 verses. But if you remember, there's this moment where God just, He's in this burning bush. A bush that is on fire but is not being consumed. You remember the story, right? And I'm here to tell you, I believe it was actually, and in, in verses in here say this, that it was God. It wasn't just an angel. It says the angel of the Lord. But here's why we know it's not just an angel. If you, if you look at angel encounters in the Bible, I want to tell you most of them, here's what happens. Angels are, are frightful beings if you look at their description in, in the Bible, right? I mean, just these mighty, mighty beings. And every time it happens for the most part, there is someone and they'll see this angel and it says that they'll bow down and worship and like scared and all this. And what does the angel do? 
Angel says, no, no, come on, get up. It's not me, it's him, right? Do you remember those stories? Every time the angel, no, get up. But what happens here? The bush is burning, there's this voice, Moses calls out. And what does the voice tell him? Hey, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. Happens because this is an encounter one-on-one with God. By faith, Moses has believed in the unseen, and now he's in a moment where he's actually communing with God, and God has a calling. I want you to go back where you fled. I want you to go to the most powerful man in the world that you fled from, the one that your parents placed you in a basket and hid you from because he was so vile that he wanted to harm you before you were even able to say a word. I want you to go back to him, and I want you to give him a message. I want you to tell him Let my people, the Hebrews, I want you to let them go. Can you imagine the fear in that moment? But God, I I mean, it's a burning bush. I don't know how many questions you ask back in that moment. It's probably a pretty fearful and reverent moment. But I can just picture him saying, I just left. He's going to be mad at me. And now I've got to go face him. And by the way, tell him all these slaves that you've come to use as this labor and lord over and all this. And they're doing all these things for you. Uh, You're going to let them go? Remember, this is a Pharaoh that was already scared. They're going to grow and they're going to overtake me. And now I'm going to go to him and say, let my people go. Really, God, this is the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. By faith. By faith, that's the plan. He says, do not come near me. Take your sandals off your feet for this place in which you are standing His holy ground. He goes on, he says this, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. I know their sufferings. And listen to what God says. I have come down to deliver them. This future moment, I am coming down myself to deliver. All you need to go is tell them to go and let my people go. One small act of faith, the Moses birth story, the Moses leaving Egypt and choosing not to be named Pharaoh's daughter, but to go and be with the Hebrews who were mistreated. A ripple effect from generations that was going to lead a whole nation to an exodus. All because of faith. I ask you this morning, what about your life? What by faith moment is God waiting just to ripple through eternity? You see, some of you maybe are starting your grasp, and some of you are maybe starting to believe that your faith could make a difference. Some of you are maybe saying, ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about, not my faith. Yeah, it can. It could be that somebody in this crowd, that your faith is the ripple that starts revival in our whole city. Could. I want everybody to look this way. You're saying, not me. Man, I don't even have a house. Good. It might be you. You might be the evangelist on the streets of Birmingham that we need. It may be that you are the one by faith that starts a, a whole revival that carries from the city to the county to the state to the nation to the world. Just one act of faith. They say, well, Keith, that that seems like a stretch. Well, it happened here. Just this one little act of faith after another, after another. And then an entire nation is on this exodus that you and I are still in this parking lot talking about all these thousands of years later. It's a ripple effect. 
Let me ask you, what if it's not a ripple effect for the city? What if it's just a ripple effect for your life? What if it's just a ripple for your family? What if it's just a ripple for those that gather inside these gates? Is that not enough? Is that not better than how it's going on your own? I'm going to say that that's probably better to, to lead and go by His way. So I want you to go back. I want you to read Exodus 3, 1 through 17, but I want to point out a couple of things, and I'll close. You know the story. You've heard this one, so I'm not going to read all these verses, but the holy ground, this was a conversation with God. But I want you to listen to when God calls Moses, Moses answers with this, and I point it out because it is still a beautiful and essential response today. He calls and says, Moses, and listen to what Moses says, here I am. I want to tell you, that's a beautiful place to start. If you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, saying your name, calling you by name, just start say that, here I am. What that means, Moses like, yeah. By the way, it doesn't take much to get your attention after a burning bush starts speaking to you, right? Like Moses, I think his attention was got. Yours may not come in that way. It may be a still, small voice. But I still encourage you to say, here I am. Here I am. I'm listening. I'm ready. What do you have for me? And then it says in this, again, another place where he says to Moses, I have seen my people. God sees everything. He sees you. You know what that means? I'm just going gonna, gonna to be real. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to be hurt at me. If you're going to be hurt at somebody, I'm going to ask you to be hurt at the Holy Spirit. That's a dangerous game, but do that because He's the one leading me here. I have met some pretty petty people out here. Listen to me. I I don't mean that mean. I've been petty in my life. But some of you are like, somebody will walk across the parking lot and you'll say, man, that guy stole my stuff one time. I, I hate that guy. I get it. I understand it. But can't let it go. Just won't let it go. Can I tell you this? God sees. He's got you. He's got you. You don't have to take uh, revenge. You don't have to vindicate. He's got you. But uh, the economy of God, he might just break that person down and make them your brother or sister. Uh, You know, that may not be the vindication you want. He may bring them into saving faith and they may walk up to you one day and say, I stole from you, I'm sorry. And then you got a choice by faith. Do you punch them or do you say, I forgive you in Jesus' name? I hope you choose the forgiveness route. But you get it? He's watching. He keeps score. He's got you. Man, buddy, if this, this one doesn't speak, I, I said it a while ago. The, uh, Roger uh, pulled that brother Keith on me this morning. I said, brother Keith, pastor, some of you give me with a reverend. Oh, it, it trips me out because I'm just Keith. That's just in my name. But this calling thing that happens, so I relate to this. God calls Moses and he says, I am going to send you. Do you know what Moses' first thing says? Who am I? Who am I? In fact, we remember later, he he even says, I'm not eloquent. I stutter a lot. Like, I, I can't even speak. Who am I to go to the most powerful man in the world and tell him, let my people, I can't even talk. I want to I just level the playing field. I want to I help you this morning with this. Everybody look this way. Everybody look. If you're a somebody this morning, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're somebody. All right? If you're raising your hand, if you're touching some sky this morning, I want to encourage you with this. If God is calling you to something, by God, He's prepared you for it. And even better... 
the moments where he calls us into something specific. Like, I believe in a God that speaks beyond his word. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe there's these nudges that he gives us. If he tells me something right now, Keith, go and tell Roger this. And I know for sure it's from God. I mean, I got a word. I know it's for him. I'm just going to bet that if he's calling me to go and share with him, he's preparing Roger to hear it. So don't worry about that part. He's preparing on both sides. You get what I'm saying? If he's calling you to go and bury the hatchet with somebody and say, you know what, you stole from me, I forgive you. You know what, you cut in front of the line with me. You know what, I seen you last week, you got an extra can of peaches. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter. Let that petty stuff go. But if he's telling you to go and say that to somebody, I'm sure he's preparing the other side to hear as well. So if he's called you, he has equipped you. And then probably the most famous thing, God goes uh, a little Popeye here this morning. Anybody remember the old cartoon Popeye? He says, I am who I am. Doesn't that kind of sound Popeye-ish? Some of you thinking about chicken right now. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the cartoon. Only way in the world as a kid I'd eat spinach, man. I thought it was going to give me those muscles, and it never did. What a crock. Started smoking a pipe at five. All kind of stuff. No, I can't really smoke a pipe. It's hard. I don't know if you ever tried it. Uh, Roger, uh, he's, a, he's an expert. I'm a cigar guy myself. I don't know where that ties in, but just take it for what you want. Some of y'all smoking that other stuff. I smell it out here sometimes. God going to get you for that. He's going to convict you. Maybe. But he says, I am who I am. And I tell you the beauty in this, I'll close with this statement. He's still I am. But I want you to think about what that means. It's so open-ended. I am. I mean, Moses asked him, who? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> That's what Moses is basically coming to a place. I, I, who am I? Why would you? I, I've called you. Go. God, who do I tell them sent me? I want to tell you, the beauty in this verse is it gets so lost. It, it, we just skip over it because we've heard it a million times. Just settle down for just a second and listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't listen to me. He tells them, he says, Moses, you tell them I am who I am. That I am sent you. Now, there's all kind of things that that means in, in Hebrew and all kind of... But here's what it means to me. Just plain old simple English Keith. He's whatever you need. I don't know what you need today, but I'm so grateful He does. He is. He was, He is, and He will be. He's I am. So today, if you say, man, God, I just need, I need a Father. He is. Say, man, I just need someone to nurture me. I need that mothering. Like He is. God, I need forgiveness. He is. God, I need encouragement. He is. I need courage. He will be. He is. And some of you just still, I just keep getting this nagging thing in my Holy Spirit. And if I could beat it out of you, if I could laugh with you, if I could just whatever, 
I do it, but I can't. You got to choose it on your own. Some of you just think you've gone too damn far and there's nothing that he can do about it. You say, why do y'all do We've been here six years. You know that? November will be six years we've done this outside like this. Why? Because we want to shout it that it doesn't matter what you've done. There's forgiveness available and there's relationship available. I can't make you accept that though. You've got to do it by faith. Don't trust me. Trust Him. By faith, if you call, He will answer. By faith, He sees you. By faith, He knows you. You can know and see Him too. I can't make you do it, but I sure hope you will. If you don't know Him, what a beautiful day to come to know Him as Lord and Savior today. If you do, why not let's pray, God, grow our faith. Will you pray with with me this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you. If there's a friend of mine out here this morning that doesn't know you, God, please, please bring them to you. That's why we do this. The food's great. The supplies are great. All of that, though, is to point to the fact that you are. You still are the great I am. You will be the great I am tomorrow, the great I am long after we're gone, the great I am when we see your face. And yet, even being the great I am, you care and created us for relationship with you. That's it. If we've missed that, we've missed the whole point of life to this point. But it's not too late. We've not yet stepped from this life to the next. And so, Jesus, if someone can hear with their heart this morning, with the Holy Spirit, will you bring them to faith in you by faith? And if we know you, may we grow in that faith and say, you know what, I already know you, my relationship's secured, but I want to walk in a way like Moses did and saying, you know what, I am unafraid in the things that I see, but I revere the things I can't see, and I'm with you by faith. Jesus, help you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, thank you. We pray all this in your name. Amen.